Good morning. My name's Jason. I'm one of the pastors here at Connection Church. I'm glad you're here this morning. Um, today we're going to be in Exodus, in the second book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus. We're going to be in Exodus chapters 19 and 20. Exodus chapters 19 and 20. If you don't have a Bible this morning, there's somebody that's going to be passing them out to you. Uh, just raise your hand and they'll get a Bible to you. And uh, that's our gift to you. If you don't have a Bible at home, I'd encourage you to take that home with you and uh, have a copy of God's Word. Also, if you know somebody, if there's somebody in your life that you know you need to take that Bible and give it to somebody, I would encourage you on your way out to grab a Bible and give it to somebody that you know that may need a copy of the Bible, a copy of God's Word. We're looking, we're in a series right now where we're looking at the Ten Commandments that God gave. God's Ten Commandments. And last week we looked with Pastor Doug. He preached about the first four commandments that deal with our relationship to God. They talk about how we are to relate to God. That we're to have no other gods before him. We're not to have idols in our life. Other things that we worship that we put ahead of God in our lives. We're not to misuse the name of God. We're to honor it. We're not to take his name in vain. And then we're to follow God's pattern that he set forth when he created the world. He worked and then he rested. He rested. We're to take that same pattern into our lives. We're to take a day of rest. To rest and to honor God. So we looked at that last week about how we can relate and should relate to God. This week, we're going to look at the last six commandments. And the last six commandments... God is teaching us how we are to relate to others. How we're to live in community with one another in a way that God blesses and in a way that is best for us. We're also going to look at these commandments and we're going to see that God had an even greater purpose in giving these commandments. An even greater purpose. But before we uh, just read through these last six commandments that we're going to look at today, I want to give you a little bit of context. A little bit of context. Remember, God had drawn his people out of Egypt. They were enslaved in Egypt, and God sent Moses there to take his people out of Egypt. And through the plagues, God opened the door for them to leave, and Moses led the people out of Egypt. And now, after three months, God and Moses has led the people back to the place of the burning bush, where God first spoke to Moses. And now again, God is going to speak to his people. This holy God that we sang about this morning is going to come down and this people are going to encounter this holy God that they are to follow and to serve. And I want to just look in chapter 19. We're going to look because God came to the people and he wanted to create a covenant with them. A covenant relationship. He wanted them to come into relationship with him in a way that would bind them together in that relationship. So let's look at what God says when he comes to meet with Moses in Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. God says to Moses, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. 
You see, God is constantly calling people into this covenant relationship with himself. He did it to Abraham. He's doing it now with the whole nation. And he still calls people into covenant relationship with himself. And he says, in three days, I'm going to come down on the mountain. Go down and prepare the people. Tell the people to prepare themselves. They're to wash their clothes. They're to wash their bodies. And they're to prepare for this encounter with a holy God. When he comes down on the mountain and is going to give them his laws, his commandments. Look at verses uh, 16 through 19. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered in thunder. And God speaks to all of the people who are gathered there at the mountain that day, to this nation that he's building, and he speaks his commandments to them, his expectations of how they're to live, how they're to relate to God, and how they're to relate to one another as a people. Now, let's go ahead and look then at these commandments that God gave, these last six commandments in chapter 20, Exodus chapter 20, verses 12 and following. Exodus chapter 20, and we're going to start in verse 12. God said, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey, or anything else that is your neighbor's. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking this morning. I was right. This Christianity stuff, it's just a list of rules. A whole bunch of thou shalt nots. But bear with me. We're going to see that God had an incredible purpose in giving these laws. Now, there are some people or personalities that I've encountered who seem to be rule followers, people who love rules. They love to keep rules. They like to enforce rules. They like to remind other people of the rules. And then there's others of us that see a speed limit sign, and we want to go about 10, 15, 20 miles faster than that. Or we go to the lake, and you see a sign on this awesome cliff, this awesome rock that says, no jumping. What do we do? We want to climb up that, and we want to jump off that rock. That's me. But you see, these last six commandments, they're not like those rules. You love them. You love these last six commandments. They're great. Everybody loves them. The atheist, the person who wants to pull them from the classrooms or the courthouses, they love these last six commandments. I could go down to a bar on a Saturday night meet a big burly biker covered in tattoos, and I believe I could convince that guy. He loves these last six commandments. So picture skinny red-headed pastor talking to a big burly biker, saying, going, just going through these uh, commandments. Now, okay, so big biker guy, um, do you want your children to respect you? Well, yeah, he wants everybody to respect him, right? Okay, well, what's the next one? 
murder. Uh, would it be okay if I killed you? No, it'd be crazy. What's the next? Uh, we've got commit adultery. Um, how would you feel if somebody had an affair with the one person you loved with your wife? Pretty angry. How about stealing? If I took the keys to your Harley and uh, rode off on your bike, how'd you be with that? You see, we all love these commandments that God gave. These last six commandments, we love them, and we want everybody to keep them 100% of the time, don't we? We want them to keep them. And you see, this is the reason we love the commandments and we want people to keep them. It's because they're based on respect. They're based on trust. They're based on honor. But ultimately, they're based on love. And we want people to treat us with respect, with honor, in a trustworthy way, and with love. See, God, uh, uh, Jesus summarized these last six commandments. He summarized all of the commandments, actually. One day, there was a, a religious expert, someone who came to Jesus, and they were trying to trip him up, trying to present a question to him that said, we're going to catch him this time. He's not so smart. And they asked him, this religious expert of the law said, which of the commandments, which of the laws is the greatest? And Jesus responded, love God, love your neighbor. All of the law, all of the commandment is covered right there. So you see, the basis for God's law is love. And when we love our neighbor, when we love our coworker, when we love our classmate, when we love our spouse, we're going to seek to keep every one of these laws that God gave because his law is based on love. And so, okay, so we've seen that God's laws are good and that they reflect his character, but why? Why did God give these laws? Why did God give these laws? Well, God gave them to protect us and he gave them to guide us. He gave them to protect us and he gave them to guide us. You see, the people of Israel, all of these people had gathered there that day at the foot of the mountain to encounter this holy God who is coming. And they were expectantly waiting. What is he going to say to us? What is he going to give us? What are these commands that he's going to give? And then God speaks and he gives them these commandments that are to prepare these people on the journey that they're going to go into the land that God had promised Abraham. He's showing them how they're to worship him, how they're to love him, and how they're to interact with one another and be protected as a nation as they go and live amongst all these different foreign lands and false gods and false religions. God is preparing them to be a nation in the place that God has for them. And in the same way, when we follow God's laws, they guard us. They protect us. They protect our homes. They protect our church, our communities, and our society. When we align ourselves with God's laws, they protect us. I love to snowboard. I love wintertime. I love to snowboard. I wish I could do it every day. I love to go and ride. When I was a kid in high school, I was uh, snowboarding with some friends. There were three of us that were snowboarding together. It was a perfect day. All night long, the night before, snow had fallen, and we had a fresh, just great uh, layer of powder 
And we were having so much fun riding all day long on the runs there at that ski resort. But after a while, the runs started getting kind of churned up. And we could see outside of the boundary marker of the ski runs this beautiful, untouched area of powdered snow. And we decided that it would be fun, that it would be a good idea for us to go underneath those boundary markers, to go past that sign that said no skiing beyond this point, to hike up a little bit and to ride that untouched area that we were just desperate to ride on. And we were riding, we were having the greatest time, hitting some jumps, and everything was just so soft, and it just felt invincible. And I saw a jump ahead of me, and I just hit that jump as hard as I could. I went up in the air, and I fell about 18 feet into a stream bed onto my rear, and I compressed my spine, and I crushed discs, and I had some internal bleeding, and they had to get the ski patrol to come and put me on the sled and take me down the hill. I spent a week in the hospital and then a full body cast for three months and a metal brace for three months after that. I hurt myself because I went outside of the boundaries that had been given. You see, when we stay within the boundaries that God gives us, we're protected. But when we go outside of those boundaries that God gives in his law, There are consequences every time, and we get hurt. So God gave his laws to protect us, to keep us inside of his boundaries. God's law is also good in that it guides us. It guides our lives. It guides us to where we need to go, where we need to be heading. My wife and I, uh, Beth, some of our greatest conflict that we have occurs in the car. I'm the driver, And she's the navigator, and it just doesn't always work out like it's supposed to. I don't know what gets into me. I get all uptight, wound up, and uh, I get really frustrated when we make wrong turns. And I don't know what happens, but it's just me. But I think she must have told her father, because uh, soon after, uh, you know, one of those conflicts in the car, my father-in-law bought me a GPS. (laughs) And, um, And I love it. It's great. I put that in my car. I can tell it exactly where I need to go, the address, and take a right. Okay, I take a right. Take a left. I take a left. Go straight for however long. I do it. It even tells me when I'm going to get there. It's pretty cool. I love that GPS because it guides me to where I need to go. God's law is like a GPS for our lives. It guides us where we need to go. Because you see, life is full, isn't it, of dangerous wrong turns, full of detours, full of distractions. But when we follow God's law, it's that GPS that guides us through life. It guides us. And you see, we need to follow the direction and the guidance of a loving Father, our loving Heavenly Father. But listen, not only do God's commands protect us, and they guide us, they also expose us. They expose our heart. They show us who we are. Show us who he is. You know, earlier we said that God's commandments are good, and that we love them, and they're great, and we want everybody to follow them 100% of the time. Yet somehow, 
every one of us has found a way to break them. In the book of Romans, in 3.23, it says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've found a way to not honor these perfect, awesome laws that God gave. And the reality is we've all failed, haven't we, to meet up to that holy standard that God sets. We failed to meet up to it. Think about it. Don't do a show of hands, please. No show of hands. But have you ever failed to honor your mother or your father? Maybe through your words or through your actions. Ever failed in that area? You ever been angry at somebody? Called them a fool? Jesus said that that's like murder. Murdering someone in your heart. Ever look lustfully at someone who's not your spouse? It's adultery in the heart. Jesus said that's like adultery in the heart. Ever stolen something? Maybe something or maybe time from your employer or that's ever stolen something or spoken a lie? Said something that wasn't true? You see, we've all fallen short of these. Or maybe fallen into that endless game of coveting or wanting to keep up with the Joneses, seeing stuff, seeing the life of somebody else and wanting that Wanting that thing, coveting in your heart. You see, well, God, though, he didn't give these commandments to make us righteous through them. He gave them to show his character. He gave them to show his standard and to show us what sin is. Romans, uh, excuse me, yes, in Romans 7, 7, Paul says that without the law, he would not have known what sin was. God gave it to show us what sin is. You see, the commandments, they're like a mirror. In your bathroom, everybody's got a mirror. You've got a mirror that you go to and you look at. You kind of see blemishes, see things maybe you don't like, things like, you know, we, we don't like to stand exposed in front of that mirror because we, we begin to see some faults and failures and flaws. God's commandments, His words, they're like a spiritual mirror for our lives. We see that reflection when his holy standard is there. And then we put ourselves against that. We see some of those things in our lives. It's that spiritual mirror. And then what do we do? Do we take the mirror off the wall and try and clean ourselves with that mirror? That would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? But sometimes that's what we do when we try and, and, and make ourselves good, make ourselves holy through our own good works, our own efforts. Or if you can't do it by trying to keep God's Ten Commandments better and better. You see, we don't use the mirror to clean ourselves. And God also, he didn't give these commandments to frustrate us. He didn't give them uh, so that we might cleanse ourselves through him. He knew that we'd fail. He knew that within a few days, this same people who had received the law would get together all their gold and they'd melt it down into a calf and start worshiping the calf. He knew that they'd fail. He knew that we would fail in keeping the commandments in the way that we're supposed to. But he gave them to show who he is. And he, but he also didn't give them to frustrate us. He did not give his commandments to frustrate us. He came, he gave them to show us how we're to relate to one another, how we're to relate to him, his holy standard, his character, and who he is.
But this is the most important reason he gave them. He gave the commandments to point us, to point us to the only one who could keep them. He gave them to point us to the only one who could keep them, to Jesus. In your, in your bathroom, you've got that mirror. What is below the mirror? It's a sink. You've got a sink there, a place to get clean, a place to wash, a place to get clean. God gave us a place to get clean in the same way. We don't use the mirror, but God gave us a way. He gave us a place to get clean. You see, God gave the commandments knowing that there would be one who would fulfill them. There would be one who would come, who would keep every single law perfectly. Where we failed, where we failed to meet up to a standard, Jesus in every way, in every aspect of his life, related to God in exactly the way he should. He related to others in exactly the way the way he should. And Jesus said of himself, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. He came to be the fulfillment of the law, keeping it perfectly every way in every way. So what does that mean for us that Jesus kept these laws perfectly? What does that mean? How does that relate to me? How does that relate to us this morning? Well, when we recognize in ourselves our failure to meet God's holy standard, when we recognize that and our sin, and when we trust in Jesus, something miraculous happens. A miracle happens. God forgives our sins. Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And God takes his commandments and he writes them on our hearts. He puts them in our minds. The prophet Jeremiah spoke of this. God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah and said, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. That doesn't mean we've got scripture memorized. It means that there's been something new born in us. And his Holy Spirit comes to live in us and to be that guide in our lives. And his commandments are in us, guiding us. And it's then When God's written them in our hearts, that we can live them out in love, in the way that we're supposed to, guided by God's Holy Spirit. That's when we can live them out. And that's also when God's word, when his law becomes sweet, when it becomes life-giving to us. In Psalm 19, the psalmist David writes and says that God's laws are more precious than pure gold. They're sweeter than honey. They revive the soul and they give joy to the heart. That's what God's laws do when they're written in our heart. They give joy. They give life. They show us how we're to live. They guard us. They protect us. Now, don't get me wrong this morning. I would love to see the commandments in every classroom in our country, in every school, in every courthouse, in the front yard of every home. But infinitely more important than that. God's desire is to take his laws and to write them on the hearts of people. To write them on your heart this morning. That's what God's desire is. Is to have them in the hearts of his people.
You see, God gave the Ten Commandments to protect us, to guide us, and to point us to Jesus, the fulfiller of the law, the keeper of the law, the one that we can go to as we bow and get clean in Jesus, in the blood of Jesus. So this morning, as we've been talking about these Ten Commandments, I'd like for you to think about them. Think about them as that mirror that's held up to your life. And ask yourself this morning, where, where are you? Where are you when we look at God's holy standard? Does it kind of show those areas where we need cleansing in our hearts? Are they sweet to you? Are they like honey? Is it valued like gold in your life? That's what God wants, I believe, to show us this morning, that his word is a mirror. Not only does he provide us a picture of ourselves that's true, but he also gives us that place where we can be cleansed through his son, Jesus Christ. That was his plan all along. All along, before the foundation of the world, Jesus Christ was slain so that we could have forgiveness of sin.